What's up? It's episode 69, Pain Points of Wealth, and markets are literally falling apart right now. Are we going into a bear market? Is this the end? A lot of economists calling for a recession. Is the party over? We see disruptive technology getting destroyed, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's Peloton, whether it's Tesla. What do you do with your money now? Should you be sitting in cash? Well, we're going to give you our viewpoint, our strategy. And are you afraid of retirement? Do you think you retired? Are you afraid that you can't be financially independent? We're going to address all those issues, show you how to be financially independent, how to retire comfortably. We're going to give you our game plan for that, our blueprint. We've got a great show. Hit the music. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod. Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. Hey guys, you got to love the stock market, right? We went through a period in the last couple of years where the hottest stocks in the market were something they called pre-revenue companies. In other words, they weren't making any money. And they got all the money from newbie investors investing in innovation and disruption. Now, you know, I've been a free market capitalist, you know, since my early days of getting out of college. And I thought capitalism was about innovation and disruption. <laughs> is there, you know, there's no new era. But you know what? The lesson learned is it always helps to invest in companies that make money and better yet, pay dividends. Bob, I love your simplistic approach and of course your patriotism. It's much appreciated here at Pain Points of Wealth. But yeah, I agree with you. It's right. We're always in the greatest era of innovation, right? I mean, it doesn't matter when you live, you're always in the most modern time, always. So it's kind of like a given. I like that. Speaking of innovation, that wasn't your first car, Model T. I wished. I, how much that car be worth today? But we're really seeing what I would call like the tale of two markets right now, right? Because anything that is NASDAQ related, tech related, has just had this magnificent sell-off. And this is something that we pointed out a lot is with markets, they tend to turn on a dime with no warning ahead of time, and they can go the other way just like the snap of a finger. So on the other hand, you've got like your old school cyclical value stocks, like we talk about like Berkshire, just a great old school company, a conglomerate of companies that Warren Buffett runs, is literally in positive territory as we're recording this. Commodity prices are up this year. Energy prices are going through the roof this year. And even value stocks, they're barely going down with all this volatility in the market. So you've got growth stocks getting hammered. You've got old school value stocks holding up. And this is, again, why you always want to have your money spread out. Well, I'll tell you what, right? Based on the phone calls I've been getting the last three days from our clients, you'd think that it's 2008 all over again. Everybody thinks the world's falling apart. I think we got a bunch of chicken littles out there. I'm not sure. Hey, Chris, you know what? You need chicken littles, right? You need people who are skeptical and you know are skittish because that's what causes volatility. And that's where the opportunity comes from. But when you think about anyone, I got a call yesterday from a really good friend, long-term client. He says, Bob, good buddy of mine just sold everything. And I said, really? And why is he doing that? Well, you know, it's down and it's going to get worse. And at the time, the market was down 1,100 points. And we spoke a couple hours later and the market was up 100 points. So I said, I said do me a favor, call your buddy up and ask him if he's already down 1,000 points, what's he going to do now? <laughs> and it sounds so sexy, right? The market's selling off, you're getting the cash, you think you're being very proactive and you're protecting yourself. But that's the point. Markets change on a dime. Markets can rebound very quickly too. And if you're sitting in cash, you miss the boat. That's why timing the market in general is just treacherous, right? It's like the worst thing you can do. But I love these pundits on Wall Street, these economists. 
They were so rosy with their outlook coming into the beginning of the year. All of a sudden, the market sells off over a two-week period. All of a sudden, I'm hearing we're going into a recession. We've been talking about how tech stocks make no money and they're going to go down. They're always playing money morning quarterback. They don't say this stuff before it happens. They always tell you after it happens, which has no value. I'm just griping. I'm fuming a little bit because it bothers me. Yeah, but guys, that's why you know price action, right? Whether the market's going up or going down has absolutely no predictive power whatsoever, right? Markets were, were going straight up at the end of the year, right? Our portfolios hit an all-time record high. Hey, get this, three weeks ago. So what did that tell you? That the market was about to have a correction? Of course not. Now that we're having a correction, does that tell you that market's going to go straight down? We're in a bear market? No, but that's what the pundits do. They react to whatever way the markets went that day. They create a headline in order to communicate to the public. So it's not the pundits that move the market. The market creates the headline, and then they just jump on it. It has no predictive power whatsoever. Do you guys want to hear my prediction? Yes. The market's going to move. <laughs> wow. You know, Chris is our chief economist at Payne Capital Management. I've been hired. Chris sees volatility in the market with prices going up and down over the course of the next six to 12 months. That's his predictive power. But yeah, I think the other thing to think about right now too is the fundamentals underlying this economy that's been driving this economy really haven't changed. We know the Fed might raise interest rates and they're very vague about it. The market doesn't like that uncertainty. But at the end of the day, unemployment is going to continue to come down. People still have money in their pocket to spend. Wages are going up. Inflationary pressure, contrary to popular belief, is going to come down this year. So you have all these dynamics in place that bode very, very well. And profits are predicted to go up this year. And we know when companies have more profits, they go up, they increase. That's good for the stock market. So you've got to keep your eye on the prize. And unless the underlying fundamentals have really changed dramatically, which they haven't, you really shouldn't be changing your investment thesis. Well, that's the problem, right? You have the Federal Reserve is acting more hawkish because they're perceived to be behind the curve. You know why? Because they are. So they're going to come out later this week and they'll probably talk down this hawkish position and uh, be a little more dovish in their comments. But you know, there is some certainty, right? There is some certainty that we have higher inflation, higher than we expected. At least most people expect it, not as high as we expected here at Payne Capital. We're going to have interest rates higher, all right? Now it's a known fact. But the other thing is we have the Russians on the border of Ukraine. Now, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but Ukraine is an enormously important strategic position in the United States. Well, actually, it's not. Yeah, so I don't know what we're so concerned about, but that's also making headlines right now. And the market hates uncertainty, but you know, pretty soon it'll be certain what's happening there and the market will move on to worry about something else. Meanwhile, if you start looking at, again, you know, we're big believers in diversifying your money because when you have your money concentrated in growth, tech, disruptive technology, crypto, it all ends up working out the same way. It's all selling off at the same time. Maybe it'll rebound at the same time. But in the meantime, you, know, you start looking overseas. We've talked about the international markets on this podcast quite a bit. As the US central bank is what we're calling tightening conditions, well, places like China, they're actually loosening conditions. They already tightened conditions and their growth rates are going to be much better than the US. So you, know, you have dynamics now where growth rates around the world are going to be very, very attractive. You have a lot of countries right now that are making their policy looser. And this is one of the reasons why you have to have an international portfolio. You can't just own the US. Because we know, based on history, the U.S. is not always the best place to be. 
Well, you know, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday and she was very, very concerned about the market going down. And I pointed out to her that, you know, her portfolio is just not based on the returns of the market. It also generates an incredible amount of income. And one of the things I pointed out to her in her portfolio is that she owns emerging markets, to your point. And I showed her that the dividends are substantially higher than what she's getting in her domestic portfolio. Yeah, Chris, of course. I mean, we got dividends coming in from everywhere, all over the world, all over our portfolio. Does it really matter if that dividend was generated in the emerging markets in France, Germany, the US, Canada, Japan. I don't know. It gets into my account. I get to spend it. I don't care where it comes from, but the important thing is that it comes in. See, that's the beauty of having a diversified portfolio, some term that you hear on Wall Street all the time, diversification. You know know what it means to me? It means we make money every single day. Every bond we own accrues interest. It's your money. You earn it. It's yours. You know, it's yours to keep. Every quarter, dividends are paid right? They're paid out whether the stock market's up or down, whether it's in Germany, Japan, or the United States. So the idea is to look for total return. And that's why timing the market and this all or none approach that you get from these trading TV shows is ridiculous, right? I got out of the market. What'd you make? One basis point in my money market fund. Wow. Congratulations. You know, meanwhile, we've got dividends being increased almost every year now for 10 years. Yeah. And this is why it's so detrimental to be in cash, right? This is just like the worst time because you hear this now, the pundits talking about you should get to cash or cash is a position. That's my favorite line. Cash is never a position unless it's money that you need for an emergency or short-term liquidity needs. You know, you want your money being productive, especially in an inflationary environment. You know, you can't hit this point home enough. It's just like you want your money earning for you. And that's the point. No matter if the market goes up or down, if assets go up or down, Meanwhile, every day, to your point, Bob, it's just like your portfolio is producing that income. And that's so, so critical. And I can't like stress it enough, especially in an inflationary environment, which we're in. Well, I don't get it, guys. You know, if cash is not an asset class, how come cryptocurrency is? Whoa, let's not even go there today. Let's take a break because we know crypto is getting crushed. So hopefully you've been listening to our podcast and you know, we've warned you about these terrible corrections coming. Wait a minute, we got to talk about this, guys. We had the mayor from Miami, right? From Miami, Florida. It was on with Maria after you were on the other day, right? And he's talking about how he's paying his employees in crypto and how all the poor citizens of Miami have their money in a bank account that's making nothing. You know, he said, I want them to be in cryptocurrency in Miami coin, whatever the heck that is. You know, crypto's down 20% in the last three weeks. It's down 50% in the last three months. Can you imagine getting a paycheck and you're down 50%? I mean, how's that help anybody? I think the bottom line is you never want the mayor of Miami to be your financial advisor, plain and simple. Probably the best advice we could give this morning. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 69, Pain Points of Wealth. Every month, we keep adding subscribers. Our subscribership's going through the roof, so we appreciate that support. The more support you give us, the more we can continue to do this podcast. If you like our podcast, love it. Give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Leave us a message. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you want us to speak about, anything financial-related. And if this is on YouTube right now, click the like button. You can click that little notification bell to subscribe. We'll be updated every week as new content comes out. Thanks for your support. Give us your support. Give us your love. Give us a like. Give us a five-star rating. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. It's the tipping point where we pinpoint the pain point, that's P-A-Y-N-E, having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. And guys, you know, with the thousand or so families that we manage at our firm, pain capital management, or the billion dollars or so that we have under our management, what we found is when we're doing our financial planning, which we do for everybody, is sometimes you'll hear the comment, I don't want to retire. And you know what we found is that, yes, maybe you love your job, 
Or maybe it's just a defense mechanism because you're kind of scared because eventually if you become financially independent, that means you're living off the land now. You're not having a paycheck come in every month. So I thought we could talk a little bit more in depth why we say we don't want to retire when maybe we actually really do. Well, you know, I found over the years, guys, all the different plans that I've done for all types of different professionals from different walks of life, whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or a business owner or someone who works for a big company. You know, it's like, well, I don't really need to plan. I'm not one of these retired 65, get a gold watch type person. I'm going to continue to work because it's not my job. It's my hobby. Well, you know what? You don't have any control over that, right? There's a lot of problems that can happen. So what I learned was I don't talk about retirement. I talk about what you said, Rye. When do you want to be financially independent? Let's pick a financial independence date so you can decide whether you want to go to work anymore. Yes. And Bob, we don't give gold watches a pain capital. So don't even think about retiring. Well, that's what I've been holding out for. <laughs> that's it. That's the only reason I've been going for over 13, 14 years now we've had our firm. But no, it's a great point because a lot of times it's out of your control when you have to stop working, right? I mean, look, capitalism's messy. Maybe your job gets downsized or maybe the company decides that they're no longer to be in existence you know, or your health. You don't know what could be the reason. So it's just nice to know that if you turn the switch off at any time on your paycheck, that you have this big portfolio over here and you have this income stream over here that you can live off of, but you got to plan for that. Well, the other thing, Rai, is that the stress and anxiety of worrying about money leads to other health issues. So you know, knowing that you're financially independent, knowing that you don't need to work is also a huge benefit in the long run and will promote more longevity. Well, it's a good point because you can be even more confident in your job if you feel like you're working because you want to not because you have to. I think that's a huge paradigm shift. Another reason why you just want to know what the numbers look like and where you're at. Well, I'd be very careful with that statement because I think dad's financially independent at this point. He could be very confident in asking you for a raise. Yeah, Chris, I did the other day and he offered me Bitcoin. So you know where that's going. No, no, no. We're paying all our employees in Bobcoin now, period. It's the biggest coin out there because you have to fit all Bob's hair within the coin. So it's a lot of power. The whole nation of Argentina doesn't use as much power as it is to create one Bobcoin, actually, scientifically proven. But the other thing you hear a lot too is like, I would be bored in retirement, which I think is actually a legitimate concern because we have maybe 60% of our clients now are retired. And you see the clients that are the most active, right? They have the best social lives or they keep active in a career or something, tend to be the healthiest and have the most longevity in retirement. So it's a real concern, but maybe your job's super stressful. It's crazy. And in a way, it's getting to the point where maybe it's more stress than it's worth, but you don't want to go from 100 to zero and do nothing. Well, you know what, Ryan? There's more ways to fill your time than just having a meaningful career. You know, you can do things like charitable work. You can spend time with your grandchildren. You can go take trips. So, you know, really, it's not just about going in and having a job every day. It's really just about filling your time and doing things that are meaningful and make you feel good. You know, Chris, I think your brother is a tremendous role model for this. He's been practicing retirement for the last 10 years, right? He goes on vacations all the time. He's down in Miami. He's over in the Ukraine. You know, he's playing guitar. He's out surfing, you know, in Spain. So, you know, I think what you have to do is you have to have a dress rehearsal, you know, before you do actually retire. Make sure you do have a hobby. Make sure you do have interest other than watching the news all day or going to your grandson's uh, soccer game. You're saying, Bob, that sitting home at night drinking lots of red wine and just watching the news, whether it's CNN or Fox, is not the way to retirement success? Hey, that's a recipe for disaster if you ask me, right? But it's important. I haven't gone on vacation like 10 years. So you're listing all the places I went like a decade ago. So I appreciate that. I'm not Chris. I'm not on vacation every day. But I think that is an important thing to be active in retirement is something that we don't talk about enough. Or you know, maybe it's like you become an independent contractor at your job where you're not as you know, heavily responsible 
as you are today. There's ways to kind of ease out of that role as opposed to going from 100 again to zero. The other comment we hear all the time is, I don't have enough money to retire. And usually we suspect it's because you've never run the numbers. Well, I would just say is what we see with almost every new client we ever meet with, they never have anybody who's run the numbers for them. And I think the biggest issue for entrepreneurs, right, especially in the medical profession, in the legal profession, in corporate America, is, wow, what do I do when my paycheck doesn't hit my checking account every two weeks? I mean, that's a gigantic fear. And having those projections is the really the big difference between having a comfort level, being able to make that retirement decision versus procrastinating and putting it off forever. Well, the other thing too, Dad, is it takes away a lot of that anxiety, you know, because you know definitively what exactly it is that you need to do to get to that point, or maybe you're already there. But the fact is you're able to quantify it rather than throwing some just random number to the wind and just hoping as part of your strategy. Well, Chris, I love it when we run those projections together. We do them all the time and you try to make it the worst case scenario possible. And I think that's brilliant. Dad, what's this we stuff? I do all the work. What are you talking about? I think you can Bob run a financial projection. I don't even, I mean, he's got the gift of the gab, but I'm not sure he's ever like sitting behind that computer actually. Chris, can you put that number in for me? I think that's pretty much how it goes. Where's the gratitude for the man who created this strategy 40 years ago? <laughs> you know, right? You really shouldn't rest on your laurels. <laughs> it's true. But it is true, right? I mean, it's kind of like, I remember we had this closet back at our firm and this big closet, we threw everything in there from our old office and it just like sat in there and it was just this big mess. And I remember we would just never go in that closet because it was just a disaster because we had all this stuff just thrown in there in boxes. And you know, it was one day I had a client who literally had an organization business that came in and just said, you know what, we're going to pay you to force us to clean out this closet. And it just took us one day, everyone chipped in, but that therapeutic process of just like dealing with it and just getting everything organized just took all this stress off. Because every day I walk in the office and I would look at that closet, like I never want to open that closet again. And your financial life's the same way. It's just like, just address it, start looking at it. It's not as bad as you think, but you've got to really take it head on, right? Because if you don't, that stress is just going to continue to build. Well, the other one, guys, is maybe I could do it, but I'm just not confident enough in my portfolio, my advisor, my plan to just walk away from work right now. Wait a minute, Chris. Are you saying that most people in our industry are too lazy to run financial projections? I'm shocked, Bob. Hey, guys, I just had a client come in the other day and he had just sold another business. And his insurance agent said, well, you know, let me study this and I'm going to come up with a really unique idea. And he waited a month. And a month later, he came in and said, you know, I want you to buy another annuity. He said, that's your creative new idea, the same idea I told you to know about 10 years ago. He said, yeah. So guess what? All that guy does is sell annuities for a living. So you need, again, I can see where people don't have confidence in certain salespeople. Well, this is going to shock you guys. I would say 90% of the portfolios that we look at those people did not have a financial plan coming to us in the first place. Yeah. And that's what you ask yourself is like the person I'm working with, are they a salesman selling me products, which has nothing to do with what my goals are? Or do you have someone who's religiously sitting down with you at least every 12 months, going through the numbers, making sure that you are on track to be retired or you can stay retired? These are the questions you have to ask to give yourself the confidence to get to that financial independence or retirement where you're not stressing about it. You know, you've got it covered. And you can really live the life that you want to live. Well, I think the best thing that you could do right now is turn to your advisor and say, hey, I'm investing. You know, I'm trusting you to invest my money to the best of your ability. What's your portfolio look like? And I think you'll be shocked to find out that a lot of the portfolios that they manage for themselves look very different than the portfolio they manage for you. And if you have a fiduciary, they should own exactly what you own. Maybe a little different asset allocation, but there shouldn't be some one-offs 
where you're the only person not invited to the party. Bob, Chris, and I now have a collective 75 years helping individuals just like you with your planning and investing. This is all we do every day, in and out. Everything you hear on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially, literally at any stage of your journey. But if you want a more hands-on approach and you've saved over $750,000 for retirement, every week we run what we call our Total Financial Master Plan. We'll do it with no obligation or cost if you qualify. Simply go to www.painsam.com slash financial plan and see if you qualify for our full holistic review. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front. We literally go through every investment that you own. We build you your own financial portal so you can get a bird's eye view of your entire net worth. Then we'll hone in on the fees you're paying the taxes you're paying, how to reduce those taxes, reduce those costs, put together a full income plan for retirement, a full savings plan to make sure you're on track and go through all your different options, whether it's your social security, how to optimize that, how to factor in inflation as cost of living goes up. It's a full holistic plan. No one else does this. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, see if you qualify right now for a free financial review. Simply go to www paincm.com slash financial plan to see if you qualify for a free financial review. All right, it's the hidden facts of finance, random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. All right, Bob, China racked up a record 676 billion trade surplus for 2021, a 60% jump from the pre-pandemic year of 2019. Don't blame currency manipulation. The yuan only rose 3% against the dollar, didn't go down. So no one has really decentered themselves from China, no matter what they tell you that we're bringing the factories home. It's a lie. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's the truth is that China does have a trade surplus, which means the United States has a huge trade deficit, something the politicians are always talking about, but don't ever seem to do anything about it. Many of my clients, though, guys, have been calling me and saying, hey, we don't want to have anything to do with China. We don't want a company that does business with China. We don't want a company that buys products from China. And I kind of did the homework and I had to kind of quit because what I found out is if we don't do any business with China in our portfolio, we can't own anything. Or I always say, get rid of your iPhone right now because literally all the parts come from China. So it's a little hypocritical when people say, I won't invest there, even though you're using so many products and services from there. We wouldn't be able to do this podcast. It's true. That's a good point, Chris, like every piece of technology here. Chris, overall, the average number of books read per year is down to 12.6, a drop from 15.2 in 2016. Every category of reader is reading less, men, women, college grads, non-college grads, old people, young people, which is kind of interesting because, you know, we, us pain boys have been on like a reading spree. You just gave me that great book about the Silk Road, the website, the dark web where people are selling drugs. You give me all these great books to read. I know Bob's read them too. Well, you know what, Ryan? I suspect it has something to do with the lack of attention span. Everywhere I look, I see people scrolling through Instagram, TikTok, commenting on your Twitter. Who would want to read when you can get that quick burst of endorphins just looking at TikTok and other social media? Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris, because I do have 400 loyal followers on Twitter. It's just blowing up. I'm sure that's a record somewhere. My goal is to get to 405 this year. So let's see. Bob, 44 years ago, the soundtrack album, Saturday Night Fever, started a 24-week run at number one on the Billboard album charts and went on to sell over 30 million copies worldwide, making it the best-selling soundtrack album of all time. Bob, we know you love disco back in the day. Love disco, Rye. I'm actually working on plans for my new home. We're going to have a colored dance floor, just like they had in a movie. But I just got to find some high heel shoes that I could wear, get that disco feeling again. 
Well, we know they called you Discophonic Bob back in the day, and a lot would argue that your hair is way better than John Travolta's, but you know, that's a discussion for another podcast. Chris, wage inflation is real. Dave Solomon, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, says he needed to boost pay by $4.4 billion, or 33% to remain competitive as wage inflation is a real problem. Meanwhile, J.P. Morgan Chase has had to boost starting salaries twice over the past seven months, collectively giving analysts a $25,000 raise. Well, you know what, right? My first year out of college, I made $27,000. I'm kind of thinking right now, maybe I should have gone to work for Goldman or J.P. Morgan. Chris, you are the best printer salesman of all time, I've heard. There's still stories out there about your exploits selling printers. I can still get you a discount on toner. Good to know. Good to know. Another great show today, gentlemen. Please, if you like our podcast, love our podcast, subscribe. Our listenership's going through the roof. Spread the word. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. As always, stay loose and keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to The Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully, you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at BeBullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management. Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Oh,